Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the podcast. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the work that Intel is doing with their partners in the cell image therapy industry to develop the advanced analytics needed to ensure consistent high yields of good quality cells, which are ultimately used to treat patients. And joining me here today, we have Sandy Kolner. She's the head of the lab and life sciences vertical for Intel. Sandy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Tyler. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yes, I'm excited as well. And we're also thrilled today to be joined by Stephanie Davies. She's the head of science for cell therapy at Valida Cell. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, I'm thrilled to have both of you here on the show with us today. Before we go too much further, Stephanie, why don't you introduce us a little bit to Valida Cell and tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing. Okay, so Validacell is an Irish biotechnology company that develops analytical solutions for the biomanufacturing industry. And our products range from consumable assays like antibody quantification tools or cell function profiling assays to AI software for cell characterization through image, image analysis. So in the cell therapy R&D program, which is the, the sector of the company that I run, we're developing these technologies to improve the way in which cell therapies are developed and produced. So I might start by introducing cell therapies. Um, while there are many different types, the general process is that cells are harvested from a donor or a patient. They're grown up to large numbers, sometimes manipulated in vitro, and then administered to the patient. And these therapies can be allogeneic, which means that the cells are harvested from healthy donors and administered to a patient, or they can be autologous, where they come from a patient, are grown up and administered back into that patient. So both of these processes are highly complex and have many potential sources of variation and error. So the reason these therapies are important is that they really are um, a potential solution for a lot of diseases that currently don't have alternative treatments, like certain types of cancer or osteoarthritis and Crohn's disease, but they are really challenging to manufacture. And this is because monitoring cell quality involves lots of slow and laborious um, lab work. So if we're going to get these therapies uh, into routine clinical use, we need to solve the problem of their manufacturing. And our goal is to help our customers bring their medicines to market through better, more controlled, more consistent manufacturing. And we believe that the key enabler to this is better process control and that the key enabler to process control is better analytics. So as a company, that's our, that's our mantra is to develop these analytics for that industry. That's really, really fascinating and incredible work that you're doing. And Sandy, I want to bring you in and have you just described from a high level the work that Intel is doing with partners like Valida Cell in the cell therapy industry? Tell me a little bit more about how Intel fits into this overall picture. Absolutely. The, so the biopharmaceutical industry overall, as, as Stephanie just talked about, is undergoing an immense digital transformation. And really, you know, a, AI is at the forefront of that. So AI has the, the potential to really enable the analysis of massive data sets and, and accelerate research. And, and that's going to help by saving cost and, and really promoting effective decision making. So the application of AI, you know, specifically in, in manufacturing, well, it's still in its nascent stage, but it's um, already kind of created a, an extensive ecosystem of, of different AI solution providers that are, you know, really kind of encompassing some interesting use cases like 
similar to like, like uh, anomaly detection and, and computer vision and as well as like predictive analytics. And, you know, Intel itself has used AI in its own uh, manufacturing processes. And we're, you know, helping to address things like anomaly detection or near real-time kind of engineering insights. And it's, it's across billions of data points. So we're kind of, we're bringing these learnings and helping support the biopharma industry in their transition um, by helping them speed up some of the applications of deployment in AI, but, you know, also really helping to make the production scale possible. And, and we're doing that through, you know, hardware, software, and a variety of different toolkits. But, but it's really making um, these AI models uh, be, be optimized to run on existing infrastructure in the manufacturing environment, but also, you know, a, a wide range of kind of near, uh, near-time AI workloads. So that's just a, a bit of an insight of, of kind of what we're doing in that space. Well, that's that's really exciting work and really exciting progress that you're making. And so, Stephanie, I, I'm curious, just from from your perspective, what impact is the digital transformation that we're seeing in the biopharmaceutical industry having on on the industry? From from your perspective, how are you seeing that play play itself out? Well, well, Sandy kind of touched on this. So, from our perspective, the digital revolution hasn't really hit my part of the biopharmaceutical industry yet. So, the process of cell manufacturing is really still quite crude. Um, it's not heavily monitored, and we don't have the advanced process controllers that we we need. An example of this would be, you know, as you manufacture cells, you need to monitor cell identity, cell health, cell function, and the tools we currently have to do that sometimes take longer than the manufacturing process itself. So, one example of that um, I'll touch on is is a is an assay that's used to determine cell function for mesenchymal stromal cell or MSC therapies. That can take up to 21 days, whereas the process might be finished in 12. So we can't build a controller around an analytic that takes longer than the process itself. Having said that, I do think that the therapy industry is moving in the right direction and automation is really at the center of that effort. So we work with a European consortium called Autocrat that is developing robotic cell manufacturing platforms. And our role within the project is to develop and embed analytics. And that's a significant improvement over the current manual processes and a really a step towards that digital transformation. I think in order to reach that transformation, the key is really embedding analytics and providing Intel with the, with the many, very many data points. And in order to do that, your analytics need to be simple and they need to be automatable. If we were to try and automate the current processes or the current analytics, it would be unachievable, really complex and a huge amount of effort. So we need a new breed of analytics. They need to be fast and they need to be simple. Sandy, you're, you're nodding along quite a bit. It seems like you're, you're really agreeing with a lot of what Stephanie has to say. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Valida Cell uh, is is such a such an innovator in this space. This is difficult science, and it is challenging. And I think that that's the first thing we need to, you know, recognize. Applying this head on is is what we can do to really, you know, make a difference and partner together to bring in insights from different perspectives. That partnering and collaboration, I think, is it's what's going to make the difference. So you mentioned partnerships and collaborations and working together for things that are complicated and solving these these complicated challenges. What opportunities exist, Stephanie, for, for future innovation using AI and other digital technologies from your perspective? I think the conversation around AI opportunities and wider bioprocessing is extremely broad. And Sandy touched on a lot of that in, in one of her earlier answers. There's lots of elements like supply chain management, continuous process, process intensification, all the way through to managing cold chains or the really complex patient scheduling logistics that you see with a lot of cell therapies. These these treatments are quite sensitive. They have a short shelf life. So there's really critical treatment timelines and AI plays a huge role there. 
So looking at the emerging cell and gene therapy industry, there's a lot of opportunities for AI to solve some really big problems. So we're using AI to develop better cell analytics that can address some of these problems. Examples are donor stratification. So, you know, if you take cells from different donors, they are not all the same. And understanding these differences can help us tailor the manufacturing. It's well known that cell quality depends on donor health and, and age. Um, other materials that go into the process, like the media in which the cells are grown are currently underperforming significantly. We think there's a huge opportunity for AI to develop next generation media with much better performance. We've already touched on the lack of process controlling current systems, but I guess the, the take home message is that better analytics really underpin a lot of these innovations. And by developing these, we were kind of paving the way to make both smarter, more efficient allogeneic factories that can be centralized manufacturing, but also enabling near patient manufacturing for autologous therapies, which really needs to happen out of the clinic in a decentralized manner. So using automation and, and new analytics or AI, you'll enable these processes to stand alone to some extent, but you still need connectivity for remote monitoring. So there's a huge amount of opportunity there. Yeah, and, and Stephanie, I mean, just to, to add to that too, I think that that, um, that the automation of that process manufacturing is is what we really need because you, you've got to get the best cell function, right? We, we have to increase yields to be able to really increase this across the population, but making sure that that product, the product purity is there because we, we can't, you know, we can't go wrong there. So I, I think that you've really highlighted some of the really important challenges that we've got to address. And those, those analytics are going to inform that process all along the continuum. I completely agree, Sandy. And I think the, the automation really plays a huge role for across all different manufacturing paradigms, across all different cell therapies. And that's kind of one of the key challenges, again, is that there are so many different types of therapies that require so many specific process elements and automation is central to all of it, but as is, you know, product quality. Yeah. So, Sandy, it was, it was interesting to hear you all talking about that and, and maybe talking a little bit about the opportunities that exist moving forward uh, for AI and other digital technologies. In, in your mind, what is the vision for cell therapy for the biopharma industry? Oh, I mean, the vision is, is huge, right? We want to make this happen, right? We, we've seen kind of the steady growth of AI in this sector. There's been a, a lot of investment in, in different startups and an increasing number of kind of research partnerships. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing kind of the fruits of some of that labor and the recognition from the industry that, you know, AI isn't just a, a tool that's out there um, for lead identification or one that boosts research or, you know, et cetera, but this is actually can put the whole thing together. So I, I think in the next, you know, I mean, if we've got out our crystal ball, right, we looked ahead five years and said, okay, what's going to happen? I think these amazing collaborations that we're having um, across various parts of the industry are going to help connect different siloed data sets. It's going to enable us to have access to sufficiently large data sets that are diverse, that are going to be really needed to train these AI models. Once we do that, that data is just going to accelerate what we're doing and allow us to apply the best known methods from a variety of different industries. It's tough science, right? But we have to be accurate. There's patient lives on the other side of this. And we can't just go throw a solution and, and think it's going to work. We need to absolutely learn from the scientists like Stephanie, right? We need to learn from, you know, different areas of, of how, how we within the industry, right? Manufacturing scale like Intel. So bring all of these guys together and then we can bring cell therapies that are going to make a difference in people's lives. These are therapies that will absolutely be able to treat 
diseases that have been considered untreatable. That's an incredible vision for this, for this, and I, we've got to get it right. So having said that then, Stephanie, how will AI change cell therapy over the next five years, in, in your opinion? Just what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I really echo Sandy's sentiments on, you know, there's this huge potential here and, and we need to get it right. I think, you know, current AI and digitization has the has the potential to revolutionize the established biopharma industry. It can bring down cost, can improve efficiency, and it can drive the, the environmental footprint down. So the green agenda, which I think is extremely important. But for for the emerging CGT space, it's really a critical enabler. So all of those wonderful things that Sandy just described aren't possible on the CG side, CGT side without um, the power of, of AI and digitization to support the processes we're trying to run. We can't achieve the quality of product or the quality of control that we need to get these products into clinic without it. So if, if I were to look ahead five years time into Sandy's crystal ball, I think that we'd like to see Valida Cell Analytics embedded into robotic manufacturing platforms and processing real clinical samples so that we can deliver, you know, high quality medicine to the to the patients. Yeah, and the call to action there is that, you know, we're going to have to really connect so many of the the instrument providers and, you know, the the AI analytics and the tools and the process manufacturers, right? We all got to work together to make that happen. So it's it's really cool. It's a great vision. I think I think you're right, Sandy. We've we've outlined quite a quite a big goal for Validacell and for for Intel. So that that won't be achieved on our own. We do need further collaboration within the industry. We need partners in automation and hardware development. We need everybody to work together to really achieve the solution. I think. I think that's really well put. Big goals require collaboration and working together, and uh, and a coming together of ideas and minds and, and things along those lines. And so I think you both have done a great job explaining that and, and laying out where you see this going in the future. Um, and I, I think that's really, really exciting to hear and really amazing work that you're both doing. Before we sign off today, I want to give both of you the opportunity just to give us any final thoughts, any conclusions or summary statements or just something that maybe we haven't mentioned yet that you think is important to discuss uh, when it comes to discussing this topic. And so, uh, Stephanie, let me kick it to you first. Just for any final thoughts, any conclusions you'd like to make, anything you'd like to leave our audience with here today. I think a summary of, of what we've discussed today is, you know, this is challenging science and um, I've been battling unruly cells for, for many years now and we're not, we're not slowing down or giving up. Um, but it really is, the, the theme really is collaboration. You know, we, we can't achieve any of these things on our own. And I think within our company, Valida Cell, we're, we're a lovely mix of, of data scientists and Latin bench scientists working together to, to achieve these goals. But when you work with partners like Intel, that's really what what makes things move forward. So anybody who's heard anything they like today uh, on the podcast, please feel free to reach out, you know, where we actively collaborate with with complementing technologies. And that's something we're always interested in doing. And thanks for your time. Absolutely. Sandy, uh, any final thoughts? Well said, Stephanie. I mean, it's this, it's with new technologies and, and innovative products, and maybe some limitless imagination. I, I think that uh, all of these different different cell types are going to be the way that we get to the future of medicine and really help treat a variety of diseases and conditions. You know, I, I think that this is just an exciting time of innovation, and and it's amazing to be at the forefront of the, the transformation of this biopharma industry. So I guess my, my call to action today, just like Stephanie said, I, I, you know, we want to keep this discussion going. We want to have out-of-the-box thinking. We want to keep you know, partnership and innovation at the forefront. So please reach out. LinkedIn is a great way to connect. 
we want to hear more about your pain points and challenges. Lay it on. Let's let's have that that discussion going. Stephanie, I would love to even join on a joint uh, conversation on LinkedIn and and uh, see how we can pave the way for these new new therapies to get to market at scale. Excellent. We'll keep the collaboration going even once the podcast is uh, is finished here today. But like Sandy was saying, make sure to reach out and get in touch uh, with either of these women today just to uh, let them know pain points and, and those sorts of things like like Sandy was saying. And so a really, really excellent call to action there from Sandy to wrap up the podcast today. Sandy Kolner, Stephanie Davies, thank you both so much for joining us here on the podcast today and, and sharing a little bit more about your perspective. Thank you, Tyler this is, and Stephanie. Absolutely. A huge, huge thank you to you. This is a, a great conversation today. Yes, thanks both. It was great to be here. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things group. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. But as always, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date with the latest. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes. But for this one, for my excellent guests today, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.